Welcome to day 165 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe and Cindy Kemp. Mm-hmm. Uh, we began the book of Ephesians today. Of course, uh, Ephesians, uh, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon are part of a collection of Paul's writing we call prison epistles. Mm-hmm. He's writing these probably from a desk in Rome where he's chained to a Roman soldier who's standing over his side. Uh, this is in the latter part of Paul's life. You see his theology at his richest and, of course, very succinct in, in, in these three books in Philippians and Colossians, uh, you know, as well as Ephesians. Ephesians is incredibly rich. This is probably mm-hmm. Romans, you know, down at its very essence. This is, you know, uh, biblical scholars, you know, say the least occasional of Paul's letters. In other words, he's, he's not addressing, you know, problems in the church. Like in, in, in Rome, you had Jew and Gentile, you know, kind of conflicts, you know, that were part of, you know, chapters 14 and 15. And in Colossians, you have the whole idea of this philosophy that is drawing people away. This is just pure theology and application. And, of course, Paul's letters, you know, this particular letter is divided right in half. You have... The theology in the first three chapters and in the last chapters you have how you apply this theology mm-hmm. this is who we are in christ and this is how we we live in christ mm-hmm. so always fun the oldest manuscripts we have do you not have you know the the word in ephesus in them and so you don't see personal remarks in this as you would it was probably a circular letter we learned in Colossians, as we finished Colossians up last week, that there was another letter he wrote from prison, the church to the layout of the sins, and we would mm-hmm. so love to get our hands on that letter. Uh, but by circular letter, it meant it was a, a letter that would be read in one church, and then another church, and then finally in another church, just the way that he, in Colossians, you know, tell the believers to do, take your letter, give it to the layout of sin, take the layout of sin letter and read it there. And of course, this one has, this could be, the one that was originally written to the Laodiceans that ended up in Ephesus, and then mm-hmm. they put their stamp on it. <laughs> and we now have it. And, of course, Paul had a rich three-year ministry mm-hmm. in Ephesus where mm-hmm. the gospel spread out, you know, all through uh, Asia Minor. So let's uh, let's read this really rich book, mm-hmm. and this is going to be a lot of fun, as almost all of our mm-hmm. Bible readings are, mm-hmm. are a whole lot of fun. Father, thank you for the gift of your word, for the invitation into your story. We thank you that all of Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be fully equipped for every good work. And um, may we not read your word simply to do better theology. May we not read your word to be caught up in a good story. May we read your word to be ushered into your very presence to be transformed by you, by your spirit, to be people who reflect your heart and your character. It's in the holy name we pray. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, 
accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put in effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of your truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for those of us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. What a beautiful description of Christ, mm-hmm. the body of Christ, actually. Yeah. Uh, the body of Christ is the fullness of him who fills everything in every way, and that is what we are created to be. That's what we are called to be, mm-hmm. and uh, what a wonderful you know, vision uh, for that. So there, there's, you know, there is Ephesians, and we've told you, you know, part of the clue mm-hmm. you know, to looking at the you know, pastoral epistles is to look at Paul's prayer. And it really gives us a hint of what he wants to see happening in us as a result of the gospel and as a result of the Spirit's work in us. And it also gives us, you know, an idea of how we can pray for each other. Far more effective prayers than, you know, Aunt Lois's third cousin's aunt, whose <laughs> no. cat sprained its paw last week. I do week. hope the cat's okay, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, we do hope the cat's, yeah. the cat's okay. And it's so okay, you know, to pray, pray for, for things cat. like to pray for things like that. But we should mm-hmm. elevate you know, mm-hmm. our prayers to praying the kind of things that are next to the heart of God. And Paul gives us, you know, a really good, you know, picture of, of what that of what that means. So what are some of the things that uh, stand out uh, in this, this first chapter? Well, I like connected to what you just said about praying. And uh, I love the prayer that he gives in verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, and his incomparably great power for those of us who believe. I I mean, I don't know how you could pray anything better for someone. (laughs) And I love, I guess, just the way the, the feel of the eyes of your heart. So we always know that it is the spirit that opens um, opens our heart and opens, you know, our eyes no, to yeah. our understanding, and just the thought of His Spirit living in us. And oh, what a wonderful phrase and a unique phrase! You know, we don't find it in any other you know, Paul's, yeah. Paul's writing, but this is what it means to be enlightened. It means mm-hmm. to have our 
hearts open so we can see realities that are far greater than our eyes yeah. you know could ever see yeah and uh, we are reminded of corinthians when he says eye has not seen nor ear heard nor is it even mm-hmm. entered into the heart of man or the perception of man what god has in store for those you know that love him mm-hmm. and, and of course the language here is so uh, worshipful i pray that you may know the riches of his glorious inheritance for his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe mm-hmm. well, well what kind of power is available to those who believe yeah. that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised mm-hmm. christ from the dead not just resurrection power but seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority and power dominion and every name that is invoked not only in the present age but also in the age to come the powerful move he made in exalting christ and giving him dominion over all things mm-hmm is the personal power that is at work in us to mm-hmm. transform us into the image the image of Christ, which is beyond imagination. Mm-hmm. Beyond imagination. And it's hard, you know, for us to think we could ever be defeated when you go back to Romans mm-hmm. and know that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. height nor depth, nor present, nor the past, nor things present, nor things you know to come. Um, nothing could separate us you know, from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, but we also have this remarkable presence of Christ working in us that is able to accomplish all of his purposes. And uh, it's a, really quite amazing what we have in him. You know, and I, it, the thought came to my mind, too, that as this power is working in us, um, I think when we are dismissive of sin and we think, oh, I just need to work a little harder no, or clean up my act, this is such a great power that has gone um, up against our sin that we need to take. Sin is like yeah. pretty serious <laughs> if it's that kind of power that needs to defeat it. So it's a it's a big deal. Now we uh, used to have a you know kind of a little piece of liturgy we used in one of you know my seminary classes where we just talked about what it meant to be in Christ, and uh, you know it simply goes you know um, I can't but he can, and mm-hmm. he lives in me. I am not, but he is, and he lives in me. Sometimes I don't want to, but he always wants to, mm-hmm. and he lives in me. Mm-hmm. So he has given me my identity, he has given me the ability, and he has given me, stirred my affections so that I you know, might, you know, might know him. Mm-hmm. And, and so that is you know, the power that we have as we face sin and as we face darkness mm-hmm. and as we face pressures you know, from this world, which he's exalted high above those. He is sovereign over all of those, has mm-hmm. defeated those, have neutralized those, and they have, you know, no more effect in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and I love even just going back to the to the close to the beginning of, of this chapter. Yeah, we can do the chapter backwards yes. as, as we are doing. <laughs> yeah, either way. At, at this moment. That was yeah. such a great blessing. I yes. just needed to jump in. No, on that yeah. <laughs> well, all this ties together just in the start of verse three because, you know, this is a book of, of theology, especially up at the start. And I yeah. just love how he yeah. positions all this theology with saying, praise be to God, the mm-hmm. Father, and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he goes into a lot of theology, right? Mm-hmm. But I just love how he seats all this theology, and we say this a lot, mm-hmm. but in, in praise, and this whole idea of theology should lead to doxology, and if it doesn't, you're probably doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just love how absolutely. he, even this going to go into some really deep things, predestined and called, and we're kind of like, well, what's all that mean? He wants mm-hmm. us to know, and he even says it again later on, that, you know, to the praise of his glory. Like, this is, that's where this is going, that's where this starts, so don't, I think oftentimes when we approach theology or approach mm-hmm. kind of the deeper things mm-hmm. of God, it confuses us or makes us scratch our heads and we don't ever get to 
the praise or the, oh, the yeah. worship side of things. This is more than just Sunday songs worship. This is, yeah. Yeah. as we've seen in Romans, this is our, our life. Yeah, so to translate everything, you know, David just said, our, you know, <laughs> our uh, theology leading to doxology means what we, we are learning about God should lead us to the praise of God, mm-hmm. but not only to the praise of God, but to the desire uh, to find ourselves in him and mm-hmm. in his purposes to be mm-hmm. transformed by him so you know good theology leads to uh, you know good practice which leads to great worship you know and, and great joy and that is you know uh, verse three you know praise be the god and father of our lord jesus christ to love this phrase is bless us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in christ mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times we, you know, we feel like there are other blessings that to be gained. There are none. Mm-hmm. We have Christ, and because we have mm-hmm. Christ, we have, you know, His His fullness. You know, we are, you know, as the church, the fullness of Him. You know, as we finished in that final statement, who fills everything in in every way, and we've already received every blessing. And of course, you know, it's easy to think of the gospel as well. God did a lot of stuff in the Old Testament. It's been about, you know, three quarters of the Bible is written in the Old Testament. And that plan didn't really seem to work out. Mm-hmm. So he got a new plan and he sent Christ. Hey, Jesus. Whew, yeah. Rescued it a lot. Mm-hmm. He, he says, no, that's not even close. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption, sent that through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure of his will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of god's grace that he lavished on 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 us so uh, christ is the culmination of everything god has been doing from the moment we walked out of the garden and pushed god mm-hmm. out of the way he has um, been working toward our redemption which reaches its fullness in Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even to let us know that these things are true, he says later on that in verse 13, no, he's, he's sealed you, he's marked you, and he's given the promised Holy Spirit, which is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until mm-hmm. the redemption of those who are God's possession. So like, if this sounds too good to be true, now he's giving you your spirit, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit as, as this deposit, like these things are true. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And that's wonderful. Yeah, and it's a, um, and then of course before that, in Him you were chosen, also having been predestined according to the plan of Him, who works out everything in a conformity with the purpose of His will, uh, which is a, just you know, the, I guess it's another way of saying the same thing. You know, Paul said in Romans, you know, eight twenty eight, we know that all things work together for good with those who love the Lord and are called according to mm-hmm. His purposes. For those He foreknew, He also predestined; those He predestined. Mm-hmm. He also, you know, justified. And as he justified, he also glorified. And here he's saying our God is working everything mm-hmm. to come in conformity to his His will. And when things look out of place to us, they're in exactly the right place because our sovereign God, mm-hmm. who is reigning above all rule mm-hmm. and authority, is in control and guiding everything toward his good purposes yeah. for our sake, for our joy, mm-hmm. for his glory. Makes me think of the verse too that he who began the good work will see it to completion. Oh, so I love that he has started the process and he he will finish it. And he, he didn't start it, it yesterday. He started yeah. before <laughs> the foundations of the earth. A long time. And ago. is bringing everything to its rightful and fitting 
conclusion yeah. in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Cindy, could uh, you close us with a word sure, of prayer? Sure, absolutely. Father, we um, stand in just awe of who you are and all that you've done. Um, like Paul said just before the creation of time. So, Father, thank you that you have all this in your control and plan. And we just ask that you would continue to comfort our hearts by your spirit. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.